well, if you if you've not been coming to church for some time now, we have been talking about um, demons. But um, the whole focus is not just to talk about. We are already long behind shadow. My presentation, please. The whole focus is not just to talk about demons and get excited about demons. If I when I was young, I was very excited talking about uh, demons because I mean, for some of us, where we came from, the way we feared these things, and then suddenly we realized that we had power over them. Charlie, it was a lot of excitement. I don't know whether your excitement is like my excitement when I was growing up, but whatever it is. I want us to remember that the essence of all this discussion is because of Jesus. Jesus gave us an instruction. In fact, we discovered that when he was with his disciples, before he was doing all the miracles, he was doing all the teaching, and at one time he told them, he called them, and the Bible says he gave them power and then he instructed them, go and preach, heal the sick, cast out demons. And if I were a disciple in those days, I would have wondered, today if I command you that after church, go and preach, heal the sick, cast out demons, some of you will start wondering what is wrong with Bijou. There's nothing wrong with me. That is the instruction that God has given us. And when you step out, like they did step out and you realize that all the things Jesus said you should, you should go and do you, are, you actually did them and the demons actually bowed to you at the mention of the name of Jesus there's some excitement that comes I mean I can't explain it it suddenly makes you see Jesus in another light it makes you see the power of God your understanding of the power of God I mean it's something else it's like experiencing a personal miracle. And that's exactly what we are talking about. That's the reason why I do all this. So this needs to be real to us that we'll step out and preach the name of Jesus. I don't know how you are feeling this morning, but I want you to know that Jesus is real. Lift up your voice and give God a mighty shout of victory because he won the victory for us at the cross of Calvary. There is no power, there is no authority that shall stand against you in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus said, I give you power to tread over serpents and over scorpions and over every power of the evil one and nothing shall hurt you. Nothing shall hurt you. Nothing shall hurt you. We have power. We have power. We have power. We have power. In the name of Jesus. There's real power in the name of Jesus. And this morning as we sing, as we call on the name of Jesus, I want us to think about the sweetness of Jesus. I want us to think about the power of Jesus. I'm talking so you can get me your why Don't stay behind, Patrick. When you do this, you, you make me come down in spirit and it affects me, okay? If that's what I'm meeting you today after service. So we want to call on the name of Jesus. There's something about that name. There's something about the name of Jesus. When you mention the name of Jesus, demons tremble and they fall. 
sicknesses are healed. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. How many of you know that there's power in his name? I changed my mind. I don't, I don't want us to call him too loud right now. I just want to call him soft like Jesus. 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 I love you.
Just run into it and they are safe. This morning we run into the name of Jesus and we commit every person here to you, O God. As we come to talk about demons, may we be protected. May we be covered by the blood. May we receive understanding. May we receive grace to believe your word. May we receive grace and boldness to step out with the name of Jesus on our lips, telling everyone that Jesus saves and that Jesus loves them. Have your own way in our midst, O God. Speak to us, and above all, set us free in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, um, I asked you guys to send me questions if you have any Thank God the questions are not flowing. I presume that a lot of the questions that you had have already been dealt with. In fact, there were some people who even called me and told me that a lot of things that were on their mind has been clarified. But with my experience with demonology, sometimes something is clarified, but then you still get confused. Remember last week, somebody asked me a question as to whether, uh, so is Satan, uh, uh, are fallen angels, demons? I have been saying this thing every Sunday since we started this series, but yes, somebody asked these questions. It's not unusual because the, the essence of all this is the devil doesn't want you to believe the truth. So bear that in mind. And when you listen, when you read the word of God, when you listen to the message again, when you read over your notes, always ask for the Lord to open your mind, to see him and understand him in his word. Remember the parable of the, the sower. He's, he's out to steal the word before the word can be planted in you and rooted in you that you believe. So don't ever forget that. But I received a question, an interesting and yet a funny question during the week. Lucifer is said to have been cast down to uh, earth by God after he attempted to be like Yahweh. Now Satan is more or less like the head of the demons and is using them to manipulate Christians. Now my question is, what and where can we categorize Satan then if according to you and scripture, fallen angels are not demons? 
In fact, the question sounds confusing, isn't it? So, you have understood from what we have said from Scripture that the fallen angels are not demons. That's clear, isn't it? It's very clear in everybody's mind. I hope so. The question is, so, what and how do we uh, classify Satan? Satan is Satan, period. Satan is the devil. Satan is Lucifer. He was the one who rebelled against God and was cast down, period. So, Satan is a fallen angel. He's one of the fallen angels. In fact, he's the leader of the fallen angels. He is the one who led the rebellion in heaven. He is the one who caused many angels, as many as one third of the angels, to fall together with him. So, Satan is a fallen angel. Is that clear? All right. Now, how does this tie in with demons? Like I told you, scripture is not very clear about the origin and the workings of demons. But one thing we know is that they work and Jesus said we should cast them out. You don't joke with them. You don't play around with them. Just cast them out. He's finished the work. He says cast them out. Now, by the very characteristics of demons as we saw last week and the way that they operate, they are also spirits that rebelled against God. Whether they rebelled with Satan, whether they rebelled before Satan, I don't know. Don't ask me that question. I cannot, I cannot give you an answer. If you are really keen, ask God for revelation. I, I, I hope he gives you. But whether he gives you or not, obviously demons are also in rebellion. And demons are not as powerful as angels. So the, 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 the biggest angel, the archangel, the one who was anointed, the one who was a, the anointed cherub, he now sort of heads all the fallen angels and he also mobilizes the demons in rebellion against God. Does that make it clear? All right. Then he asks a second question. When the Bible mentions the devil, is it referring to fallen angels or demons? Like I said, Satan is who was Lucifer or is Lucifer <coughs> and he's fallen. It's one of the fallen angels. In fact, he's the leader of the fallen angels. Now, last week I mentioned to you some words that are used to describe demons. And anytime you read your Bible, depending on the translation that you use, watch out for these words because they all mean the same thing. Sometimes they are referred to as demons. When they are referred to as demons, you know that the Bible is talking about demons. When the Bible talks about demons, the Bible is not talking about fallen angels. Or sometimes they are referred to as evil spirits. So when the Bible is talking about evil spirits, the Bible is not <coughs> what's happened to me. The Bible is not making reference to um, fallen angels. They are also sometimes referred to as unclean spirits. It's one and the same thing. Talking about demons. Now, they are also referred to as foul spirits. In fact, the words or the phrase unclean spirits and foul spirits are more descriptive of the nature of the demons, of how they operate, what they do. That's why they are referred to as unclean or foul spirits. Or sometimes they are simply referred to as spirits or the spirits. Or if it's singular, a spirit. Now be very careful. We are all spirits. All of us. All of us here, we are spirits. Okay. I'm not saying we are demons. <laughs> we are all spirits. You are made up of body, soul, and spirit. And God 
is a spirit. The Bible says that God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. We are all spirits. But in scripture, wherever we make reference to spirits or the spirits, the Bible is making reference to demons and not beings that are spirits. Look carefully at the context and then understand that the Bible reference is to demons and not spirit beings. I'm looking for my friend. I can't find him. My friend, are you here? All right. No, I'm not referring to you. You're all my friends, but there's somebody I'm looking for. I'll find him if he's here. Okay. Now, in loose terminology, demons are also referred to as devils. And normally it's plural, devils, when they are plenty. And if it's singular, they're referred to as a devil. Okay, note the difference. Whenever the Bible talks about the devil, it's talking about Satan or Lucifer. There's only one Satan, there's only one Lucifer, and he is the devil. But when the Bible talks about a devil, it's referring to demons. Okay? And again, look at the context very well, and then you not get confused. So, devils are loose terminologies that are used to describe demons. Just like how evil spirits are more or less a loose terminology. Because the Lucifer is evil. The fallen angels, they're all evil. They are loose terminologies to describe the evil. Now, they are other names of um, that is used to describe the devil. Some of them are titles and some of them are names. Uh, if you are interested in studying this, uh, you can click on the, the blue link when I send out the presentations to study more from scripture, how the scripture refers to as devil. But some of these popular names and titles are uh, Lucifer, the ancient uh, serpent, the dragon, the deceiver of the, uh, the brethren, the accuser of the brethren, the prince of the power of the air, and so on. These are common names and titles that are used to refer to the devil. But like I said, if you want to study some more, you can look at some scripture references that I've given when I send out the presentation. Now, in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 6, sorry, we see clearly five levels of um, demonic structure or demonic hierarchy. We have the spirits, the when we're young and we're getting excited about these things, we, we created a terminology which is not in the Bible, but we enjoy to use it. We call them demonettes, the small, small demons. It's not in the Bible, but even the small demons, they are, power, they are powerful. Jesus is more powerful. And then we have principalities. They are chief rulers. They are big rulers in the spirit realm of the highest level. And then we also have authorities or powers. The Hebrew word is esousia. And this work directly under the principalities. So they are not as powerful as the principalities. And then we also have rulers of darkness in this world. Now, this is often difficult to understand and appreciate. These are specialized strategic demons that operate through human beings that are in positions of authority to cause major global havoc. Like for example, what happened with the communism. 
I mean, communism took hold of the entire world to fight against God that there was no God. Until God had to use some supernatural means to break down that hold. If you realize what happened in the, in the, in the world wars, when Hitler virtually took over the whole world, I mean, and sometimes we have, even in our own part of the world, I don't want to mention this, but it's, it's drawing home, but we have had people like um, Idi Amin, and quite clearly this guy was not human. And he wasn't human because of the spirit that was at work in him. Okay? In our own country, I'll mention this, but we have had some atrocious behavior that any human being in his right sense, no matter how wicked, will not behave that way. But I tell you, demons, they are very, very uh, wicked. And then we have spiritual wickedness in the high places. Okay? If you want to study further, you pray and ask God to open your eyes to understand Ephesians chapter 6. Now, I want to introduce us to what's up? Okay. I want to you want to write notes. When I send you the presentation, you get it. Okay. I've I've sent it out. If you everybody here is supposed to have an email. If you don't have an email address, that's too bad. I mean you are twenty first century. Get an email, get in touch with the IT team, and then you get the presentation, both the the audio and the slides. I will not go into too much detail here, but there are some instructions that God gave in the Old Testament. And even though they are Old Testament instructions, they equally apply even under the covering of the New Testament. And as Christians, we need to be careful how we conduct our lives. Demons generally get in through mixtures. Don't want to spend too much time on this, but God, His kingdom, His people—they are a holy breed. They are a unilateral breed. God wants us to walk along a certain line, and in the New Testament, is defined as the narrow path, a single path. You know, at, at one time Paul was talking to the fact that do not be an equally yoke with unbelievers. There's a narrow path that you are supposed to follow. Now, when you go out of this narrow path and you try to marry something outside the narrow path and mix holiness with other things, you open yourself up to demons. Okay, It's quite detailed. I don't want to get too much into this. Now, the kind of books that you read, the videos that you watch, the films that you watch, some of them are deadly. There's a video I wanted to show you, but um, I, I couldn't get it downloaded. Um, I couldn't get the link to download it. But it, it's a deadly experience. Maybe I'll briefly give you insight. I'm not sure I'll be able to finish today's sermon. And the next one, and possibly the third one, if at any point I feel led that we must spend time to pray on certain issues, we we'll just go ahead and do that. But what struck me about this deliverance was that he was a young man I think in the university he was about 20 or 21 highly demon possessed he developed interest in the spirit realm at the age 
of 10. I'm taking my time to make you understand how some of you are already, have already got yourself into trouble. But Jesus will help us to set ourselves free. And he got interested by watching a particular film. And he was captivated by supernatural power. And then he started yearning for supernatural power at the age of 10. I recall when I was a young man and my children were growing up. There was a popular uh, cartoon series. Uh, some of you, the new generation, you, you may have heard about it, but you may not have been as... It's not as popular with you as it was with our generation and our children when they were growing up. Captain Planet. At a stage, I banned that, that uh, TV series from home. Uh, that was chaos. My children didn't understand me. I said, we are not watching it. Some of you enjoy it, isn't it? It's definitely stop. Period. I mean, it's my instruction. I always explain. So, just, just stop. Just stop. Anyway, let me, let me go back to my story. So, this guy... <laughs> Uh, don't rebel against me. I'll teach you truth. This guy got captivated by supernatural power. Many of you, those of you who have watched some of those series, aren't you captivated? Aren't you overwhelmed by supernatural power? Tell me the truth. I mean, doesn't it excite you that, hey, Charlie, you can have power, you do this, and you stop? It, there's no young person who can deny the fact that it doesn't have any influence on him. And some people, it goes beyond normal childhood fantasy to something else. And if you were of all fantasy, I'll talk about fantasies later on. There's another popular one. It's more of your generation. I'm trying to remember. I don't know why I just... Pardon? No, no, not that one. There's another common one. But there are, many, there are plenty of them. All of them, we are captivated by their supernatural abilities. My question, why are we not captivated by the supernatural power of Jesus Christ when we read the Bible? Ask yourself. It's the same power. Why are we not captivated? We rather criticize. We find reasons to believe that, no, this one does something. I'm digressing, but I'll digress and come back. In Christianity, any man of God that operates in the power gifts, anyone who begins to work miracles, healings, deliverances, they say, no, no, this is not the power of God. He has gone somewhere. There's something under. Let's find out. When, when you see what somebody's delivering, you say, no, no, this one is not real. The person is acting. I was sharing with Nana yesterday. There's been a popular um, deliverance video about uh, Jim Ike. Uh, about his deliverance and, and his friends and all his colleagues are critics and no, 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 he was paid to come and act. Someone of that caliber, what kind of money can you pay him to come and act? And yet, they believe that. But when Koku Bosam does his miracles, people clap. It's a global strategic plan and the head of all this is Lucifer. 
And the aim is rebellion against God. So, well, be, be careful about the films that you watch. These things captivate your mind. They take hold of your mind. Your mind focuses on them. You begin to think about it. And it's in the process of continual thinking about this that you open up your life for demonic activity. Sometimes even out of ignorance. So this young boy at the age of 10, he was looking for power. He didn't care what kind of power, he was just looking for power. At the age of 15, he was initiated into occultism. 15. I don't think that it can't happen to you if you are captivated with wrong things. I know somebody who was in Teen Chapel, a prominent member of Teen Chapel, went to secondary school. I mean, some of your senior colleagues know him. I mean, they were having financial problems at home. It was tough. And then he went to school, and then he saw some of his friends were rich. So he was captivated by the small power they had because of money. And they told him where the source of the money was. And he got interested. Teen Chapel slowly started getting into the occult. He was initiated the first step. And he was going deeper. They got to the stage and said, ah, no, I can't do this. Thank God he came back. Today he's free. Don't think it can happen to you. If the wrong thoughts take hold of your mind, demons take over. And then what happens progressively, you keep going deeper and deeper and you don't understand what is happening to you. And it begins to affect many areas of your life. So this young man I'm talking about, he he was initiated and the first stage of the initiation, when he was describing it, I mean, it's terrible. 13 of them went for the first phase of the initiation. Only two of them survived. And when you are talking about survival, I'm talking about fatality. 11 of them died. The first phase of the initiation, they had to be beaten. And they should withstand beating. He and another friend survived. Only the two of them. So, he started getting some power. He was excited about it. But he was so drunk for power, he wanted more power. The frightening thing is that this guy is a Ghanaian. He was in church. He was a youth leader in church. Are you getting my drift? He was a youth leader, but because of the effect of one film, he started walking a dangerous path of demons. He just wanted power to control people. Then at a certain stage, in fact, he realized that what he was doing was not right, but he could not stop himself. He couldn't open up to his leaders because he felt that the leaders were not leading an exemplary life. Facilitators, we have a lot to do. They are watching us. Both our open life and our secret life. So it got to a stage, this guy wanted more. He wanted power that, I mean, his body can stand bullets. When you shoot him, that will happen. So, and the person who led him was a lady. So they went. Some of you said, I'm not, I'm not preaching. I'm, I'm giving you to leave. Fine. 
I want you to understand the reality of the power of Jesus. And when Jesus says, behold, I give you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. You understand? So this lady took them and they asked her to follow, follow her. They went and they saw a tree, an ordinary looking tree. Some of you have seen this viral video of this uh, tree in Rara that was refusing to go down. Well, they went to an ordinary looking tree and then the lady took an egg, an ordinary egg, and then struck the tree with the egg and the egg broke. The lady turned and looked at them. And when the lady turned and looked at them, the lady has metamorphosized. I mean, she had become another creature altogether. Looking so stern and wicked and evil. Now they, he was afraid. But you see, the thing is that when you take the first step, you can't, you can't go back because they warn you and warn you and warn you before you take the step. And then immediately the tree opened. Like the Red Sea, the tree, it opened. And the lady told them, Enter. He was afraid, but what could he do? He entered. He entered a tree, the tree closed. And then he entered another realm. This is physical, it's not spiritual, it's physical. You see, when he has, he has some of these stories, you say, oh, what kind of stories are you? you remember when Pastor Isu came to sh- share a story about the talking tree in the Borga? If you like, don't believe these things. That's why I find it difficult to believe Jesus. So they went, they, they were there for about three days, so they were missing from who nobody knew where they were. And then they came out of the tree through the same route. And then the lady told them, Okay, it's done. He said, Ah, is that all? But if I test the thing now, I mean, he wasn't sure. I, I don't know if you ought to care to you to test this. So they took a gun, they shot each other, and nothing happened. He said, Yeah, Janet has worked. He kept going deeper and deeper, and then he, at a stage, he wanted more. He wanted money. I was taken to go through some ritual, and he saw three people in the spirit. This story is keeping too long. Do you want to hear scripture? Or do you want to hear stories? There was a code that the group used to talk about, and they didn't understand the code. The code was 147. One, one, so what is 147? Just so that you understand. They, they, they laugh and say you understand. And then this guy wanted more money. But before the money, they were taken to some funny ritual and just pour some, just, uh, some, some gadgets on the floor. You had a knife and then a, a gun, then an axe. And then he said, pick the first one. Then he picked the knife. They said, what does it look like? It looks like one. Uh, to the pistol. Say, what does it look like? It looks like four. They pick the axe. It looks like seven. That's the one four seven we're talking about. Say, what kind of things am I getting myself into? Then they went for the money ritual and he saw three people in the spirit realm. His father, his mother, and an uncle. And they were carrying a sack. You could see that there was a sack of money, from plenty of money. Instinctively, he knew what he was supposed to do. He said, no, this one I can't. I can't kill my father. I can't kill my mother. This uncle has been too good to me. I can't do it. And he refused. 
then he started having all kinds of problems. And all this is problems. When you see the guy, Charlie, nice gentleman, handsome, fresh boy. If I was, I was, I was recording with my phone and I thought I'll, I'll get the link and download, so I deleted it. Deleted, I tried to get the link and the thing wasn't available. And then th- this guy, I mean, they were doing some business and he came across a Nigerian lady who had come to visit Ghana. And somehow he was able to open up to this Nigerian lady and the Nigerian lady told her, look, you need deliverance. To cut a long story short, he was finally delivered and he was set free. And it was in his testimony that he started talking about some of these details of the activities that they did. But the reason I told you this story is to let you understand what films can do to you. Don't underrate them. It's not every kind of film that you should watch. In fact, when you watch any film and something inside you just say, mm, put it off. It's what you call the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit telling you that this is not right. Even though all your friends may be watching it, everything may appear to be okay. They will tell you that you're all fine. It doesn't matter. Don't watch it. You could open up yourself for demonic activity. So they take hold of your mind and they work on your mind. The devil always starts with working on our minds. Demons always start with working on our mind. If they can take hold of our minds, they have access to our lives. Generally, demons enter by uh, three main um, physical, uh, how do you call these things? Senses. The first one is sight. What you see, the things that you see draws you to them. That's why you should be careful about uh, what your eyes see. Films, etc., etc. And those of you who have been playing around with pornography, if you knew what was happening to you in the spirit realm, and they also operate by sounds. Sounds that you hear. No wonder the devil has so infiltrated the music industry. And people that we will call or describe as deranged, they are the people who are idols of the youth. Is that also? careful. Our forefathers who actively declared that they, they worship certain gods because they protected them, etc., etc. You know that they operate through drums. They evoke the spirits by drums and by incantations. I don't want to go too much into detail. But the third area in which they the, 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 the enter is through smell. And that is why Things like incense and those kind of things that are bent in occult worships are very common with demonic activity. Now, those of you in the university and who be going to the university soon, be careful about certain types of parties. Some things are bent, and you think it's normal. Some smokes are released. They are not for nothing. Some of them will initiate you into the occult without being aware. Be careful. Okay. Well, I wonder how far we can go today. I want to show you a, sh- a short video clip 
And the only reason I'm showing this is to make you understand that demons are real, they talk, and they operate to ordinary people. And some of the problems, some of the issues that you have are demonic, but you think they are normal. Whether it's sickness or behavior, some of you are so stubborn at home. It's one of the signs of demonic activity. Stubbornness. You are rebellious. You just hate your mom. You just hate your daddy. You don't understand. And you are hard. You get angry by heart. I mean, it's like you don't want anybody to control you. You want to lead your own life. Start checking yourself. Let's watch this short video clip quickly and then we'll see a few things and then we'll see if you can pray on. Prophet TV Joshua, looking into the word and acting upon it, brings Jesus into the scene as he speaks forth messages of prophecy to the congregation gathered for the Scoan Live Saturday service. As the power of Jesus Christ touches this woman, an evil spirit begins to manifest. Her body continues to shake, just like the writhing of a snake. Shut up, shut up! Johanna! The evil spirit continues to manifest. Who are you? I'm a From where? Cut it. Okay, speak where you? I am from the ocean. Who are you in the ocean? I'm the spirit of lust. Spirit of lust? Yes. What have you done to her? She always runs to God. You don't want her to run to God? No. Why? I hate God. You hate God? Yes. Then who are you? If you hate God, who are you? I'm the spirit of lust. Spirit of lust? Yes. From which kingdom are you? Light or darkness? Darkness. Darkness. Yes. With this spirit of lust, what have you done to her marriage? She will not have affection for her husband. She wouldn't have affection for her husband? No, I told her. What has that her. caused between her and her husband? They uh, used to fight. Who, who, who caused the fight? Me. You caused the fight? Yes. How long have you been living in this body? Since she was small. Eight years. Eight years? Yes. Enter her. Yes. How did you enter her? I sent a boy. You sent a boy? Yes. What did the boy do to her? He initiated her. Initiated her? Yes. Who is this? It's her daughter. It's weaker. The daughter. Is, is she not your daughter? No. Who is she to you? I make her frustrate. You frustrate her? Mm. How do you do it? Está frustrado. Disobedience. Disobedience. Uh -huh. I make her feel that she's not listening to her mother. Is it not one Why do you do that to her, as little as she is? I want her to make her hate her mother. To make her hate her mother? Yes. Were you able to, to achieve that? No. Huh? Why no. was it difficult for you to achieve that? It's because of this ministry. Because of this ministry? Yes. What is wrong with this ministry that you don't like? It sets people free. It sets people free? Yes, from darkness. From darkness? Yes. What is your trouble with that? Is, is it not a good thing to set people free from darkness? No, we hate people. You hate people being set free from darkness? Yes. So that means you belong to the kingdom of darkness? Yes. How are you? I'm Who is she to you? My mommy. She mother. said you're her mom. No, I am not her mom. Okay, tell no, her. You my mommy. No, I have mama. nothing to do with her. No tengo nada que hacer con ella. Are you sure she's your mom? Yes. And next time you leave this body, come on, the most important is a demon. You want me to say this? Salvation and spirit. Come out of our spirit of lust. Out of the most important Jesus. In the life of this woman. 
fermentando su vida, destrozando su matrimonio. Bueno, de internacionales en este momento su libertad permanente. Ella recibe su deliverance con la puissance del Santo Espíritu. No, I gave birth to her. Huh? You gave birth to her? Yes. Well, you're denying her just now. No, I will never deny her. No, you no, never deny her. her. No. So she's your daughter? No, she's me. Yes. You said you had the spirit of lust living inside her. No, I cannot be a spirit. No puede ser un espíritu. So that very demon that is tormenting you is out, so you're free, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you happy now that she says you're yes. her daughter? Yes. Yes. Are you happy? Yes. I give her a hug. Thank you. Gracias. Thank you, Jesus. Emmanuel. There are some other things, but I'm not interested in that for now. Um, what I want you to, the reason, like I said, the reason I, I showed you this, because sometimes when there's mass deliverance, you don't see some of these things. You remember when uh, Pastor Eastwood was here and there was that lady who was manifesting, he said, show her face to the people. Some of us, especially those of, of us who are not active in these um, ministries, we we are in the back, and things are happening, and we don't really know what is going on. Or we later hear that the person is free, and in your mind, oh, this is not real. It's not true. The person is acting. But when you read the Bible, very clearly. I mean, when Jesus cast out demons, sometimes he spoke. Sometimes he asked them not to speak. In fact, there was one time he, they even engaged him in a negotiation. I want you to understand that demons talk. And when they talk, they take over your, your, your senses. And sometimes, when these things happen, you don't even know what is going on. You, you will not even believe that you said some of the things that you said. And this is exactly what happens to us when we allow demons into our lives. Some of our behavior traits that we put out is not us. It's the demons. I don't want any of us to blame the devil and his demons for everything that happens to us. If we have power over them and we have power to live right. And there's one important principle I want to teach us, I hope, before we end this morning session. But demons can take over our lives momentarily and mess us up. And a lot of times, they even remain hidden and we are not even aware. I deliberately brought Oyubo because if I brought the Ghanaian, I said, oh, this one is, is oh, it's Africans, you are like that. It is only, it's only Africans who have demons. Talk about stubbornness, laziness, sleepiness, just eating and eating and eating. Some of this is a demons. 
as we talk, I want you to be checking your life. Some of you, you steal. You steal, you don't understand why you steal. They catch you, you do it again. And you do it again. And one day it will cause you trouble. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 verse 27, give no place to the devil. There are several verses we talk about. Different ways of describing the, what, what if a Paul says when he says, give no place to the devil. Don't give him any opportunity. Don't give him any foothold. Don't give him any chance. Don't give him any room. Don't give him any kind of opportunity to mess your life around. And it's very easy to open up yourself out of ignorance. I hope one of these days you will rewatch some of the DVDs or the, the truth behind hip hop. It's killing me. And some of you here, you like hip hop. I like. And you like the, 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 the devilish ones. You see, you all become silent. You know what you do when you are alone. If you are rebelling against me in your heart, you talk to God and let God convince you. But I'm telling you, these are some of the ways in which you open up yourself. Remember, we talk about sounds. These are some of the ways the, you open, we open up ourselves to the devil. When I was young, your age, there was a certain kind of music that caught my attention soon after I got born again. And I didn't understand. The Lord showed me a lot of things personally before I began to see things from Scripture. In our Tyas and Bridge, there was something we called underground music. I mean, that's okay. Why do we call it underground music? But it was the in thing. And it was characterized by a lot of lead guitar play. Like what you saw in uh, Shelly Caesar's video. A lot of lead guitar play. People like Jimmy Hendrix and, uh, Jimmy Hendrix and Co. I mean, and they used to captivate us. Some of these people have sold their souls to the devil and they initiated people through such music. In modern day trends, hip hop, heavy metal music. I mean, be careful. Don't, don't, don't open yourself. Don't give the devil any foothold. The devil always looks for one small inch. You give him that inch, you open it up, make it one foot. And he continues, and before I realize there's demonic activity in your life. I want, we want to look at a few entry points of um, demons. Uh, skip these scriptures. You can look at them later on. If you have issues with demons, note that they have a right. If you give them the right, they would come in. And that's why I'm spending time to lay this foundation very well. The things that you watch, the things that you mess around with, we open up and we give them a right to be there. I don't, want to talk, I don't want to talk too much about the generational line, even though it's an extremely important um, thing to, uh, entry point, because when demons enter through our generational lines, we have absolutely no control, and we don't have any knowledge of it. In fact, some of the things that our ancestors did on our behalf, they sold us for many generations. But the truth is that when Jesus sets us free, 
you know, he breaks the curse even of many generations. But we have to walk in the revelation of the breaking of this curse. When we don't walk in the light of this revelation, what happens is that even though the curse has been dealt with, we open up doors for the curse to be reactivated in our lives and begins to have negative uh, effect on our lives. So much as you don't need to much as you need to believe that the curse has been dealt with once and for all every, every kind of curse whether you know about it or you don't know about it anything that has come into your life as a result of what your ancestors did has been dealt with by the blood of Jesus Christ there are some of them that you even never get to know but you walk in freedom if you continue to obey the word of God but I want to emphasize a little bit on the third point personal sin Sin opens doors to demons. Whether I believe it or not. Mind you, the demons will make you not to believe it. You know, Jesus dealt with one sin. That was rebellion against God. And that dealt with our nature the nature that we inherited from Adam as a result of our birthright that was sold to the devil and all generations after Adam were sold to the devil. In the same way, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and he shed his blood, that sin was laid upon him and he broke the curse of sin and death and the fear of death over our lives. And he opened up a door for a new covenant with us. So, all of us, when we believe on Jesus Christ and his finished work on, on, on Calvary, we acquire a new nature. The Bible says that a new nature is imputed to us. So, we are supernatural beings. We have the ability to live like God. In fact, oftentimes this is it's too big for us to believe, to understand. This morning, in my quiet time, I was, I, was, I was reading the scriptures, and this verse shot up again in my mind, and the whole morning I was just meditating on this verse. First John 4 17, the second part. It says that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. It's too big to understand, but yet so simple to walk in. Think about who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? Who is he? Just think. Let your mind go wide. Remember all the scriptures that you can know to describe Jesus. He's powerful. He's the bread of life. He's God. He's the word of God. You know, he, he, he lives in the supernatural realm. He sits on the right hand of the Father. He, he, has, he, has, gifts, he has given gifts unto men. All power and, 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 and bow at the measure of the name of Jesus Christ. Sicknesses bow at the name of Jesus Christ. He is the embodiment of the Godhead. All knowledge, all wisdom, all power are in him. 
Just think. Let your, your mind go wide. Think about scripture. Remember scripture. And the Bible is saying that as Jesus is, so are we now. You don't need to be a failure. You are at the bottom of your class today, but as Jesus is, so are you now. You are afraid of demons, you are afraid of witches like I was when I was very young. As Jesus is, so are you. When demons meet you, they must bow. If you walk in this knowledge and this revelation and understanding, and if you continue in it, when demons see you, they tremble. You don't need to be afraid of them. And you don't need to be afraid of maths. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Continue to meditate on this scripture. Otherwise, why did Jesus die for us? He died to make us royal. He died to make us the children of God. We are royal. God is our father. We sit at table with the God of all gods. The Lord of all laws. And angels are available to serve us. What are demons? But the reality is this. When our sin was dealt with, when that old nature was dealt with and God imputed a, a new nature to us, the old nature also exists. God did not take the old nature away. But God says, you put the old nature to death. You died with him. Your old nature died with him on the cross. You were buried with him. Your old nature was buried with Jesus Christ. And you resurrected with a new life, a new nature. The divine nature, God's nature, God's DNA. Walk in that revelation and understanding. Bible says, put to death the old man. Put on the new man. Walk in the new man. Put the new man on. Live in that understanding. Live in that revelation. Live with that word. And you don't need to be afraid of demons. They'll have no power over you. It doesn't matter how young a Christian you are. Even if you are one month old a Christian. As Jesus is, so are we on this earth. I've told me this story several times before. When I was very young, I mean, a lot of this I didn't understand. But I love the word. And there was one time I was confronted with a friend of my friends. Many of you know this story. I started so I had to finish it very quickly and move on. There was one time that, you know, my friends invited me to their room because they were scared. They were very, very scared. In fact, when I went to the room and I saw that, I was, I, was, I was surprised at the way they were scared. I didn't know why they were scared. And apparently, the man who was a mature student, I'm sure he was about 30 or maybe even more, and we were in our 20s, he was a friend to my, one of my friends, my lady friend's fiancé. And according to them, the man came to visit them and the lady was angry with the man that for all this while, he's not been checking on them. And the man laughed and said, oh, but I know you're okay. And then the lady asked, how can you know I'm okay when you don't check on me? He laughed again. He said, you see this ring? 
when I wrap oil on it, I can see anywhere in the world. Some, some tiny, ugly-looking ring. When I wrap oil on it, I can see anywhere in the world. So, I mean, see every day. I know you're okay. There's no problem. And I don't know how the conversation drifted and they started talking about me. And then in fear, the guy said, hey, he tried to contact me and he couldn't. And mind you, we're all Christians. Please don't deceive yourself that because you are a Christian, you are saved, you are protected. If you don't stay under the canopy of God, you open yourself up to demons and all kinds of evil spirits who have control over your life. And in spite of the fact that you have acquired the new nature of God, demons can operate in your life. And they can mess you up big time. And you need to believe these things. They are real. If I, I remember the, the, the first time I came to contact with demonology. I mean, I was a young girl, a 15-year-old girl who was delivered. He went for a crusade and uh, she got born again and we prayed for the Holy Spirit and she began to manifest and we cast out demons and later we interviewed her. Small girls, smallish, smallish looking Things that she was saying. I was, hey, how, how, how does it operate? And she was laughing at us. Because we Christians, we didn't know this. And the, the, the evil spirits, they know this. Is, and for them, it's normal. It's everyday thing. She had a cloth, some old looking cloth. She spread the cloth on the ground. She can see the whole world. Small girl. And you have the word of God. You may not see the whole world, but Jesus Christ sees the whole universe. And he says, stay under my canopy. And then you continue to sin. And then you accumulate sins. And when you sin too, you don't confess your sins. What you do is that you open up doors to evil spirits. You give them a foothold. It's a tiny foothold, but they take it. And when you don't confess your sin, and then you do another sin, it's like you open yourself up and open yourself up, and then you, you, you get into more trouble. And please, those of, us, those of you who understand this, this theology of the, the new nature, the fact that we, we have received the nature of God. Don't deceive yourself because the Bible says that you know, he who is born again has the nature of God and does not sin. It means that you have the ability not to sin. But practically we all know that we sin. Don't deceive yourself to thinking that because you have the nature of God so you don't sin. And so when you commit sin and you do all those small things, you don't confess your sin. You are opening up doors and you are opening up yourself for heresy. John chapter 1 1st John chapter 1 verse 7, verse 9 please put it up for me I want to show you a few things this is a verse that every Christian should know very very well if you don't know this scripture uh, serious who doesn't know what this scripture says? Don't be shy. Who knows? If you know, I come and call you to say it. Who knows? Who doesn't know? Who is lying? Okay, at least there's one person who is honest. And the rest of you are lying and you will be honest. You see, this is how you open up. You, you, you look at it as a, a small, it's nothing. It's a sin. And then you won't confess it. And then you commit another sin and you start opening doors for the devil. 
First John 1 verse 7. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. I know you, got, you all know it, but you need to quote it and have it at your fingertips any time. Because you realize that when you deal with demons, you need to know scripture. They can quote and distort scripture. And the way to deal with them is to quote scripture. Sometimes, if, if you're not sure, take scripture and read it out aloud in faith. If you confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So, John knew that we will sin. And says, when you sin, there's a way out. The first thing is to confess your sins. It must be a continuous lifestyle. When you do anything, when you become convicted of anything which is not right, anything which is against the scripture, anything which the Holy Spirit convicts you that this is not right, agree with God. Confess your sin. And the Bible says, if you confess our sins, God is faithful. It doesn't matter what kind of sin it is. No matter how grievous it is. Even if you have committed murder, God is able to forgive you. The power in the blood of Jesus Christ has power enough to cleanse of every kind of sin. The Bible says, if you confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Number two, and you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When I was much younger, I didn't understand why this part of the verse was attached to the confession. He will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But before he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness, you must confess your sin. A sin that you are convicted of. Those things that you do in darkness, I don't want to name any of them. You know, you know them. There are plenty. The common one, they're touching, touching that you know is it's wrong. Even just the thought of it, you see the lady and your head just start spinning around. You know, you know what is happening inside you. The guy wraps you small and it's like the whole world is coming apart and you don't understand what is happening. And then some things are working inside. You haven't done anything, but you know what is going on inside of you. Your mom puts some money down. Nobody's looking around. You take it to put it in your pocket. And when they want, who took the money? I haven't seen any money. You know the things that you have been doing. Another very common one, cheating in exams. You think God doesn't see and the demons, they also see. There are so many things that we do that we are not even aware of. And some of them are things that we should do that we don't do. And because of this, there's so much unrighteousness in our lives. And as a result of this unrighteousness in our lives, our doors are wide open for all kinds of activities of the evil world. But we, we agree with God and first of all confess our sins. God will forgive us. And in addition to the forgiveness, he will cleanse us of every unrighteousness. And we walk pure, holy, back to the old nature that we received when we go born again, and God sees us as if no sin, so pure, spotless. But if we don't confess our sins, the guilt and the consequences of our sins are there. The guilt and the consequences of the unrighteousness and the filth that we have accumulated that we are not aware of, they are also there. And we open our doors wide for all kinds of demon activity. 
So when we continually confess our sins, the Bible says that we walk in purity. If you read the early part of that verse, it talks about the fact that we walk in the light. We walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. We are pure. We are radiant. We are holy. Demons see us and they don't see us, but they see the purity of Jesus. They see the holiness of Jesus. They see the glory of Jesus and they cannot stand. But when we don't confess our sins, all the filth, all the death, all the weight of unrighteousness continue to rest upon us. By the way, do you know why confessing our sins is so important? And why sinning is so grievous? All sinning can be summed up in one simple word. Rebellion. Rebellion against God. Rebellion against anything godly. The fornication. The stealing. The stubbornness. The rebellion against school authorities. Rebellion against parents. All these things can be summed up in one simple word. Rebellion. And you know how God sees rebellion? When you sin, you align unconsciously, whether you are aware or not, with the devil. And you rebel against God. So in other words, what you are doing is like you are rebelling against God. Just like how Lucifer rebelled against God. Just like how Adam and Eve were deceived and they rebelled against God and they did not know they were rebelling against God. And it's not just rebellion against God. The sad part of it, which is not often taught and many people are not aware, is that when we rebel against God, what we are practically doing is we worship the devil. That's what we do unconsciously. So when we tell you to do things and we tell you not to do certain things, and you disobey us and do those things, what you are doing inadvertently is you are becoming a Satan worshiper. That's why it's important to confess your sins continually and allow the blood of Jesus Christ to continue to wash you and wash you and wash you that you stay pure, you stay holy, you stay in power. And, And you see, the thing is that some of us, we don't commit big sins. We commit small sins and then we try to justify, oh, this one, it doesn't matter. Everything is sin. That's the way God sees it. Everything is sin. And God is not too concerned about weightier sins or light sin. What God is concerned about is your heart. He wants your heart to be straight towards him. And that's the reason why sometimes you, you see some people, they are bad people. They are prostitutes, womanizers, manizers. I mean, they steal. I mean, they do all kinds of things. And yet God will be happy with them and not happy with us. And then we don't understand. Because in their heart, they do it. They, they are sorry. They feel so bad. And, oh God, forgive me. Have mercy on me. 
and God forgives them, he cleanses them. And you, small sin, you are keeping it, you confess. And you are piling up unrighteousness and unrighteousness and unrighteousness. And you are not walking in the light. It's one of the things that baffle modern day Christians. Why a man like David could be described as a man after God's own heart. It's because of his attitude toward God and his attitude towards his sin. He was treacherous. Yet, when he became aware of his sin, he broke down and asked God to forgive him. I pray that we all walk in the light of continually confessing um, our sin so that we don't remain uh, demon worshippers, but we'll be people who have been set free, walking in the light of God, and demons rather should fear us. Don't know. I'm not too sure whether I should continue. We have just started, and already the time is so much gone. What do you do? Are you tired? Hey, are you sure? Only this person they are not tired. The rest of us are we tired? Let's just spend some time meditating on this scripture. Put it up, please. First John 1 verse 7, verse 9. I want us to meditate on this verse of scripture. And I want us to look into our lives. Some of us, it's a long time that we confess our sins. Talk to God about areas in your life that is bringing to your mind. And ask him to forgive you. Last week I gave you an assignment. How many of you didn't do the assignment? How many of you did the assignment? So right now, you have lied to me. Ask God to forgive you. No, it's serious. I mean, don't, don't take these things lightly. You. you see, these are the things that the devil plays on. And I ask you to do those assignments because we need it at certain stages when we start praying for deliverance. Be very specific. I believe the Holy Spirit will convict you about some things. We are looking around. Listen, don't look at me. Listen. With your head still bowed. There was one time we were praying for deliverance, and then we told everybody around to be serious. Whether you think we have a demon or not, it was an all night. 
And some people thought you were joking. Demons were cast out of some people and they immediately possessed some of those people. And we had to spend a lot of time to deliver them. Don't take these things lightly. It's about your personal life. Personal cleansing. Don't wait to camp meeting for Auntie Aja to come and take us through a time of cleansing and renewal before you ask God to forgive you. This is something all of us must be doing on a daily basis. There are some of us, it's a long time that we cried in the presence of God. I pray that the Lord will break us down this morning as we see what we have been doing to God by the way that we live. Some of us have continually caused our parents pain by the way we live. But the things that we don't do, they invest so much money and so much time in us. And yet we don't care. They give us simple instructions and will not obey. A facilitator has been talking to you all the time. Do your quiet time. Work in the church. Yesterday, church workers meeting were less than 30. You don't care. You live your life anyhow come to church early, you just don't care. I pray that God will break us down this morning and you make us see sin for what it is. Our rebellion against God. We agree with the devil that God, you are not worthy of our worship. Lord, have mercy on us. Oh, God. There's power in the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us. He will forgive us of every sin if we confess to him. Let's confess our lackadaisical attitude towards the things of God. Our attitude to our parents, our attitude to studies, our attitude to church, our attitudes even to our own bodies and our own lives. Some of us are doing things we know are not right and still we do them. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. Lord, may we see your light again at the cross of Calvary. Take us back to our first love. Take us back to the love of camp where we desired you above all else. cross of Calvary. Are the cross, are the cross where I first saw the light. 
And the bedding of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the day. Maybe visit the cross of Calvary again. The blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. It's available to all of us this morning. The Lord wants to do a renewed work in our lives as we confess our sin to him. Let's get real with God. Still filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veil and seen as plunged beneath that blood lose all their guilt is there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veil and seen as blanched beneath that blood Lose all their guilt. Many of us are living in all kinds of guilt. We know we are children of God. We believe in the blessings of God. We believe in all that God has promised us. And yet we are living in guilt. Because of things that we have deliberately done, we have willfully disobeyed God and we know it. We have turned against him and he says, return unto me, confess your sins and I will forgive you. I am the faithful God. I will forgive you and I will cleanse you of every unrighteousness. Jesus. Jesus. We don't want to give the devil any foothold in our life. We don't want to give him any opportunity to manipulate us. He's an expert at manipulating us, getting us to disbelieve God's word. And his agents always want us not to see God for who he really is. Not to see his word for who it, it really is. He says, if you confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Oh, let's stay at the cross of Calvary. The blood, the blood, the blood. The blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. We want to walk in the light. We want to walk in his power. We want to walk in purity. We want to walk in holiness. May the blood cleanse us as we confess our sins to him. Jesus. 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 And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Tidy for me who caused his pain for me who he to death pursue amazing love how can it be let's not allow the blood to be shed in vain there is power in the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us of every unrighteousness. What manner of love that he showed on Calvary's cross? Where he shed his life, shed his blood, and gave his life that will live. No, 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 I will not give my worship to Satan. I will not give my worship to demons. I will give my worship to God. The one who died for me. The one who shed his blood for me. My Jesus. My Jesus. My Jesus. My Jesus. Oh, I leave all I sin for Jesus. Oh, what foolish life I have led. What a foolish life I have led.
My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine for thee. All the pleasures of sin I resign. My grace. Redeemer, my Savior, if ever I love you, my My gracious Redeemer, my Savior, if ever one person you said to yourself so this assignment that they gave us we're not going to pray about it I'm going to carry this in for another one week and you feel very heavy because of something your parents told you I don't know what it is but if you are that one I want you to walk towards me right now you feel very heavy about something that your parents told you about your life. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. I want you to walk towards me right now. I pray with you. You don't have much time. Who's that person? It's not just about something they told you, but you, when, we're, when we're singing, specifically when we're singing, you felt, you felt very heavy that, no, Lord, let's pray over this issue now. I'm not talking about any general thing they talk to you about. towards me. Walk towards me. Did you understand what I said? You want us to pray about the issue now. You feel heavy about it. Let's stretch forth our hands towards them. There's power in the name of Jesus. 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 
don't know what your issues are. But anything that came into your life through your birth, just as your umbilical cord was cut, I break loose now every power that came into your life as a result. In the name of Jesus, loosen, loosen, now. Set it free. Let it go, now. Jesus. Jesus. Release it, now. Release it. Every false spirit that came into this body as a result of a bet in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost. Out now. Lose it, let it go. Set it free. Out, out now. Let it go. You have no right. I break every sad linkage in the name of Jesus. Speak for the blood. The blood, the blood, the blood. Kalapa, Suri, and Asadele. Bay, Katusa, and Lika. Let it go. I invoke the power in the blood. I invoke the power in the blood. I cut every ancestral cord in the name of Jesus. And I set her apart for the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Katikios, Kredemundaha. Liba tiri ondo sketei ya tiri ni osada atiri unduska deki apunduaha kairo kuanda sakari ni onde sikamus I bind every spirit of fear in the name of Jesus, you will not die, but you live and give glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Are your parents living together? Hmm? They're not living together. Do you know both of them? You know both of them. That separation. That separation opened up some things in your life. And your mom told you about them. Every false spirit that came in through that trauma of the break. In the name of Jesus, out now. Out. Out. In the name of Jesus. Release the hold. I cut the root of the hold. In the name of Jesus.
God is a father to the fatherless and he will be your father. Don't be afraid. And don't be troubled about tomorrow. God will take care of you. Okay? He will take care of you. God will take care of you. Let's give the Lord a resounding praise. I said a resounding praise. I said a resounding praise. Now listen, those of you who haven't done this assignment, please do the assignment. It's for your own good. It's not everything that God reveals to us. And some of us, our giftings are not very strong in some areas. Okay, so... Anyway, I'll not speak about that. But please, do the assignment. Okay, so when you start dealing with certain issues, we know exactly what you are doing. But I pray, please, this week, spend time on your personal life. Take your life with God seriously. Take your quiet time seriously. For once, every day this week, do your quiet time. And spend time to re-examine your life and ask God to forgive you and to cleanse you continually. You, you don't know the significance of what I'm talking about, but just do it. Many of us will be delivered just like that of all kinds of things when we go through this process. It's not always that we need to lay hands on you. It's not always we need to pray for you. But when you walk in the light as he is in the light, we live the divine life. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.